What's up, everybody? Orlando here with uh, the next episode of our Follow the Plan podcast. And I am sitting with one of our Six Blade Jiu-Jitsu black belts, Ford Jacobs. And uh, really excited to chat with him uh, about his jiu-jitsu journey and uh, fatherhood and just life in general. So first off, thank you for taking time uh, here this morning. Thanks for having me. Yep, definitely. Um, I guess before we get going, just so everybody's uh, on the same page, this is only going to be our second installment of this idea that we came up with. You know, I sat with Lionel uh, a few times. He's been on the podcast twice. And I started thinking, and we would just start this, this little series, Follow the Plan. That's kind of the motto that uh, Lionel preaches a lot here at, uh, at Six Blades Fort Worth. And so I just thought it was a cool name. And the plan is just to sit with someone different from our school every week and talk about, uh, loosely about jujitsu, just talk about life. But we all have that in common, talk about jujitsu um, for everyone to, to get to know each other better. And there will be plenty of people listening who are not from the school or um, you know, just fans of the podcast. But uh, that's the idea for all the listeners. This is something a little different. And we hope you enjoy it. Um, obviously, any of you, same thing, right? Obviously, any of you uh, interested in jujitsu uh, in the DFW area, uh, we have a user bias here in Southwest Fort Worth. We think that our school would be the premier place to train. But if not, find a local school anywhere. Six Blades Jiu-Jitsu is our association. But uh, a jujitsu school anywhere is, is worth going to. So enough about that. Uh, first off, uh, you've been training here uh, with Lionel for over a year now, right? Uh, about a year and four months. Okay. And where did you begin uh, training, studying jiu-jitsu? I started jiu-jitsu in uh, 2004 in San Diego, California. Okay. Um, I trained under uh, Marcelo Pereira okay. out at uh, Gracie Baja okay. in uh, Oceanside, California. Okay. Um, trained there for a number of years, but I was in the military. So I traveled a lot, went overseas, would come back. So I'd kind of get away from jiu-jitsu for five, six, you know, eight months. Then I'd have to come back to it. And I never quit. Uh, even when I was, you know, overseas in foreign countries, we'd find a piece of dirt or a mat or something somewhere, a piece of grass somewhere that we could roll in and right. guys would get together and roll. So we'd always keep up our skills. So when I came back, I wasn't out of shape. But my skill level, I mean, still not being on the mat with mm -hmm. a professor mm -hmm. teaching me um, while I was able to maintain some of my skill level, I certainly didn't advance the way some of the other students did. Right, naturally. What, uh, what branch of the military were you in? I was in the Marines. Okay. I spent 20 years in the Marines. Awesome. Thank you for your service. I appreciate it. Yeah, that's cool that you kept training because, uh, like you said, it's not the same as getting the, you know, the tutelage of, uh, of a professor. As we, as we, for those of you listening, uh, the terminology often is maybe head instructor, coach, uh, the more traditional term is sensei or professor. We here at Six Blades, we like to think of this as a school, as an academy, um, not a gym. And so what's common, and every school is different, but what's common is at Purple Belt, you can earn the title of um, uh, instructor, I believe, at Purple coach. Belt, coach, instructor. You can, you can t uh, teach classes if... If uh, your head instructor or professor goes that way or, or needs your help, and then black belt, you become a professor. And uh, that's, 
there's many different reasons, but it's just usually by black belt, you've put the time in, you know, your, your knowledge is uh, much more vast. So you promoted uh, to black belt there in Oceanside or? No, so I, I left Oceanside, being in the military every three years, you get stationed somewhere mm-hmm. else, you go somewhere, you're going to move. Right. And so I moved around, I spent some time in Hawaii, trained a few years, three years out in Hawaii under uh, Cabrera. Wow. Um, Aldo Cabrera, John Wario, uh, spent, you know, that was a Gracie Ball school, then it became uh, Cabrera Jiu-Jitsu family. Um, and then I moved from there to San Francisco Bay Area, and I trained under Alexander Crispin, who's a half Gracie black belt. He's also, uh, he's actually under, um, uh, my goodness, I'm actually kind of brain farting the name right now. But, you know, I mean, I, I got my black belt under Chris Beam, and uh, Chris Beam is actually under Gordo. Okay. Gordo Jiu-Jitsu, so, or Ring Jiu-Jitsu now. Um, but he's, he's under him. I came up under that to black belt. So I went from white belt through blue belt in San Diego, blue belt and purple belt in Hawaii, purple belt, brown belt, and then I got my black belt right as I moved to Texas, right before I moved to Texas. Okay, cool. So then I moved to Texas, and I just trained here here and there in a couple of different gyms, just trying to keep my skill level up. And, mm. um, but I wasn't really training under anybody until I met Lionel. Okay. And then I've spent the last year and a half, um, well, close to a year and a half under Lionel. Um, but, you know, I've been a black belt now for... May will be five years. Oh, cool. Okay. That I've been a black belt, and um, it's it's been that was the rough part is when you when you get that when you reach that level, you don't want to give that up. It's mm. very hard to say, okay, well, I reached black belt, so I'm just going to quit. Right. And I did not want to quit, but work schedule, life took over. I moved to Texas. My job got very demanding, and a lot of things happened, and it kind of pulled me away from jujitsu. So, walking into this gym a year and a half ago and meeting Lionel. Uh, it just re-sparked that passion I have for jujitsu, and I didn't realize how bad I needed it wow. until I walked back into the gym. And my wife, to this day, today says I am much happier of a person than I was a little over a year ago. Really? Yeah, she says there's a big difference in my personality. It. Um, <clears throat> we were talking about this. I sat down with Luciana yesterday, and we were talking about it. I'm sure it'll come up a lot because this is a common theme for people who train regularly uh, and study jujitsu regularly. Is it's one of those things, you know, you have times in life where people say, well, you just don't understand unless you do it. Right. You know, there's, there's some things like, no, uh, I get it. I get the idea. But then there are some things you just don't understand, right? Right. Parenthood, maybe, or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Jiu-jitsu is one of those things. Unless you, you train regularly, you just can't quite um, uh, comprehend that. Um, for me, the biggest thing is, and I don't, I don't think I'm egotistical. I don't think I've got a big ego. But it does help keep my ego in check. I think it's so healthy for my ego. And I've, I'm the same way. I, f- I feel the difference. If I don't train, uh, I just don't feel as healthy up top. Not as much as my jujitsu skill and my physical um, health. I mean my mental health and my emotional right. health. It, it's amazing what it does for us. That's exactly it. Yeah. Um, what do you do now? What kind of work do you do now? So I work in cybersecurity. Oh, wow. Okay. So having been in the military for 20 years, my background in the military was cybersecurity. And doing that, it's different. The Marine Corps, I, I think, is very different from the other branches of service in terms of you're, we have this, this saying, you're a basic rifleman first. And that is absolutely true when you're in the infantry, infantry side of the house. So as a communicator, being on the infantry side of the house, um, 
being embedded with the infantry, you know, I had to carry a rifle. I had to carry my pistol. I had to carry ammo. I had to carry everything everybody else had to carry plus a radio. And um, I had to operate that radio. Mm. Uh, we had to, um, you have to pull your weight and you have to do what everybody else does. So you're not just what your job is in the, in the Marine Corps. You are uh, a basic rifleman first. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they kind of, the, the infantry side of the house or the, you know, first Marine division and that whole side of the house carries on that tradition and not just first Marine division, all, all, all three divisions in the Marine Corps, um, do that. And so no matter what your job, you could be an administrator, you could be a communicator, you could be, um, a truck driver, you could be, you may find yourself in the gun turret. You might find yourself on a patrol. You might find yourself, um, you know, out there on a QRF, which is a quick reaction force. Um, so these are all things that you're going to find yourself doing, especially in a combat zone, you know, which I've spent three and a half years of my life actually boots on the ground in combat, both Iraq and Afghanistan. Um, and in my early years, I was in Somalia. Um, so you kind of get this mindset built up over the years, right, of doing this stuff. And then when you're not in the situation, you're training for the situation. So mm-hmm. you get this warrior mindset built up and you start to believe, you know, that you you have no choice. You have to. You have to immerse yourself into that life if you want to survive it. Mm-hmm. And so um, as you start to grow and your mind starts to grow on that, and then you get out. I retired. I started finding myself um, missing it. Mm-hmm. Right, and and I didn't have any friends in the Bay Area who were my friends from the Marine Corps. Okay, so I was alone up there, mm-hmm. and no I, one to relate to. No, no one. one that's been through that. Exactly. Yeah. So I I just you know I found a jujitsu school as soon as I got up there and and started meeting guys in there who were law enforcement and firemen and you know just guys who had seen things mm-hmm. that are not normal for most people, um, and I was able to relate with them and and of course they became great training partners, great friends. Um, one of them just competed in American Nationals here, oh, cool. um, and I got to see him. He came down, saw the gym. Ah, and, cool. Um, you know, and so what we find is, you get away from all that, you get away from that lifestyle, and your mind starts to mess with you, and you start to feel like you don't have purpose anymore. Mm-hmm. But jujitsu kind of balances all that. You still get the fight in jujitsu. You still get the aggression. You still get to get it out. But you get it at, in, a, in a peaceful way amongst friends on the mat right. because everybody's going to become friends on the mat. Yes. You know, and then when, the, when it's all of you slap hands, you bump, you roll, and then when you're done rolling, you hug and you move on to the next guy. Yes. Right? But in the middle of that roll, in those, in those three to five minutes or however long your roll is, you're trying, to, you're trying to gain position and get submissions on him, and he's trying to do the same thing to you. Right. And yes, you can hurt hurt each other. I mean, I've been hurt by my friends here on the map before, mm-hmm. but it's rare. I mean, usually we're trying to, we're not here to hurt each other. We're here to train and learn and better one another. But for me, it's really allowed my mindset to kind of mellow out. I get that. I get that camaraderie I'm looking for on the mat. You know, it's, it's, it's hard to get people to understand. They're like, okay, so you fight. Well, no, it's not. It depends. That term can be used loosely. What is a fight? Okay, well, so when you spar, you spar every day. It's one of the few things. Yes, we spar, okay, every day. You don't have to, but we spar every day. But you don't fight. Well, uh, it's, you're not competing. Well, no, it's not like in a competition where there's a winner and loser, but that doesn't mean that during those five minutes that you're not um, uh, on a different level than just 
uh, maybe basketball practice or right. football practice or th- other things that people can relate to, the common sports. It's not the same. You know, it's not the same yeah. as I grew up playing all the traditional ball sports and stuff like that. And yes, at the end of practice, we'll run uh, five on five or whatever, but it's it's not the same. Right. Um, when you're sparring, like you said, you're not trying to hurt each other, but you're trying to submit each other. You're trying to... Um, ultimately win. I mean, I, I don't like to have that mindset of winning and losing rounds, but we all assess the last round. We all assess how did we do. You know, I've, I scored more points uh, than Ford or vice versa. And it's not the competition part, but that's how we measure ourselves and get better. So um, I think that that, for me, a lot of it too is like that adrenaline dump. It's healthy. It's healthy for me, you know. It's, yeah. it's just getting that, that edge. And after class, like for you guys who train in early in the morning, I'm I'm so jealous, I guess, or I, and I shouldn't say jealous because I guess if I really had the discipline, I could do it. It's hard for me to come in at six thirty in the morning um, for multiple reasons. But I, what I would love about it is, man, you start your day fresh, like you've got that out of yeah. your system. Your mind's got to be clear. I, I wish I could get in here early and really do it. Um, I'm hoping at some point I can, but that's got to be nice starting your day off. It is, but there's a number of reasons for it. And this is one thing I love about this gym. Not every every gym has an early morning class. Right. And most of the ones I found here down in Texas don't. Mm-hmm. This one does, and I love it. And we're adding days because our morning classes are getting Great. big. Mm-hmm. And we have we have three different black belts on the mat, three to four different black belts every day on the mat at six a at six thirty a.m. You know, we have brown belts, we have purple belts, we have a nice variety of of levels mm-hmm. on the mat that are training. We have guys who are competitors and guys who are not. And most of us are in the 40 and up club, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, I'm, I'm in my late 40s and, and some days I just don't want to get in here and go hard. Right. But everybody else is in their late 40s, you know, so we get good roles. Right. We get good training, we get technical roles, but they're not necessarily, you know, headhunting roles. Right. You know, we're not, most of us here are not training for a competition, but when we get the guys who are, we step our game up for them because that's being a teammate, mm-hmm. you know. And, and so jujitsu, while it might be an individual sport in terms of me against that guy, it's also a team sport because when I'm in here on the practice mat, my job as a black belt is to teach and train the, the up-and-coming guys. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times in the middle of the role, you know, I don't stop and talk in the middle of the role and just chit-chat because mm-hmm. I, I can't stand that. Mm-hmm. But I do talk in the middle of the role in terms of grab their you know, as we're rolling, they start to, they're starting to do something wrong or they're starting to make a mistake, I might say, grab there. Mm-hmm. Or I might counter what they're doing and then tell them in the middle of the roll, I counted that because you didn't do this. Mm-hmm. You know, but we keep going. I don't stop. Right. Um, and it's my job is to train these guys and, and, and teach them. And if I teach you everything that I know, then that's going to make me evolve because you're going to get wise to my game. Mm-hmm. That's yes. only going to make me invo- evolve. And that's going to help you get better. It's going to make me evolve. That's, yes, that's what's healthy. Uh, when you have a good school and you have good leaders like you guys and Leonel and, and uh, the culture becomes that way where um, what's unhealthy is I've been, to, I've been to schools where people start holding on to tricks and secrets and skills. But if, if everyone has the mindset that uh, by me making you better, you will make me better. The, the overall, like you said, the right. overall skill of the school will will get better therefore you even as a black belt will have to continue to get better yes or the other guys yeah, I mean you'll get past eventually I mean that's kind of the idea and and if everyone has that healthy mindset that you have 
it just is healthy. I mean, it's just, it makes everything better because yeah. you've seen schools where guys are like, uh, it's about me. You know, there's yeah. too much ego. Well, I was going to say, that goes back to what you were talking about earlier about ego on the mat. I mean, there's, there's no ego on the mat here. And when it is, it gets wiped out pretty quick. <laughs> Um, because bottom line is, is, uh, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, Kurt Osiander made a comment one time. He said, you're raising snakes. Eventually you're going to get bit. Mm, right. And I, and I really believe that's true. And what that means is you're bringing guys up in jujitsu and we have guys here who are athletes who are just, you know, they're just a sponge to jujitsu. Yes. I'm looking at some of these guys going, one day this guy's going to tap me. Yes. You know, and that's, that's where the yeah. ego's gone. Right. The ego's gone because I've been tapped by a lower belt. I don't care. Right. I, I, I'm not trying to go out and get tapped intentionally, but when you, <laughs> when you tap me, I'm going to let you know. I, you see a lot of this, too. This is, this is something I absolutely cannot stand, is when you see an upper belt, and he's rolling with a lower belt who's really good, and that lower belt's getting close to tapping him out. And then the upper belt goes, okay, stop right there, stop right there. Uh-huh. Grab here, now grab there, now do this. Okay, good job, you got it. Mm-hmm. They knew they were about to get yeah, tapped. Yeah. That's the ego. That comes back That's to the right. ego. That's right. Instead of doing that, you're in a bad spot. You want to get better? Get out fight of out of it. That's right. Learn how to fight out of it. And if a lower belt gets you there, the lower belt got you there. He did a good job. Give him the praise that he deserves. Yeah, he earned it. Because he earned it. That's right. And he did it right. Because if he didn't do it right, you wouldn't have got scared and stopped. That's it. right. That's so right. So I, I really believe that, you know, you got to take the ego off the mat. And, I mean, so also, I'll throw this out. Jiu-Jitsu is different for everybody. You have the guy who wants to come in and be a world champion. That young 20-year-old cat who wants to come in here and be a world champion. He's going to train differently, especially if he's an athlete. He's going to train differently than, I'm 47, almost 48. And I have multiple injuries from the Marine Corps, mm-hmm. right? I was blown up in combat. I've got sustaining injuries that are just constant on me. Mm-hmm. I come in some days and I'm just aching and I don't want to roll. Right. I come in other days and I feel great and I want to get it hard. Um, but I'm always, for me, I'm always one injury away right. from being yes. sidelined. Yes. And I know that. Yes. And it's hard for me because in my mindset, I want to compete. Yes. But I can't train that way. I could train that way. I'm just going to go to a competition with an injury. It wouldn't last. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I know I'm going to get hurt. So on the days when I come in, like today, my biceps hurt me. You know, I had surgery on my bicep. And um, that's what sidelined me from jujitsu for a while. And then I came and found Lionel, and he mm-hmm. knew how to train me. So some days I get really achy, and I don't want to go hard. Right. I just don't. I don't want to go with the hard guy. I don't want to go with the big bear on the mat. I don't want to. Some days I just want to go easy and play easy, but other days I want to go hard. You know, these guys um, who are up and coming, these young guys, they go hard. Oh yes. And you need to wipe that ego clean because you get a D one wrestler in here who's a white belt. He's a white belt, but he knows how to grapple. That's right. He may not know all the submissions or the control that we do. He may not be comfortable on his back yet. But he, he will transition to that. That's right. And when he gets on top of you, yeah. he's going to grind you out. And he's going to go 100 miles an hour. Right. Because wrestlers are tough. Oh, yes. Wrestlers are very tough. I started as a wrestler. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I was going to ask what background you had. So in 2004, you said you, you began jiu-jitsu. Yeah. So, um, I actually started in 2000, but it was like backyard jiu-jitsu. Okay. How, yeah. That's what I was going to say. How did it come about? Did you have any other, do you have a history in any other martial arts or was it just something you saw? Okay. So I started wrestling when I was six okay. in Kansas. I grew up in Kansas. Okay. And I was a Kansas kid wrestler. 
I wrestled from the time I was six until I was 18, all the way through high school. Um, I would say I was never great, but I was decent. You know, I mean, I was a kind of a hellraiser in high school, so I got got into high school and I was interested in girls and mm-hmm. the parties and all that stuff, and wrestling kind of took the back seat. I just didn't have that discipline anymore. Um, but I still wrestled because I did like it. I right. loved the competition. Uh, the reason I competed in jiu-jitsu is because I missed the smell of adrenaline in the air when you walk into a gym to compete. <laughs> just that smell of, yes. like, I don't know, Ben Gay and adrenaline. You yeah, know, that, yeah. That smell of... Totally. Of, yeah. A little bit of sweat. sweat a little bit fear. of... Fear. Yes. Yeah, I just, yeah. I missed that. Um, so when I wrestled as a kid growing up, you know, I mean, I had... I was always good. I was always, you know... I, maybe above average right. wrestler not collegiate but certainly okay. good for you know junior high and high school right um so i came in the marine corps and i didn't wrestle anymore and i got in you know i did some other martial arts over the years i did ed parker's kempo and okay muay thai um when mma started to get big i started to stop kind of what led me into jujitsu was i was in the marine corps and we implemented the marine corps martial arts program which had a lot of ground fighting in it mm-hmm. And in the ground fighting portion of that, I realized my wrestling helped me. Mm-hmm. And I had a lot of fun with that. And I realized how much I missed wrestling. Okay. But now I'm 30 years old. Mm-hmm. Right. Know? And so at 30 years old, I started training with some guys, just going to the gym on a mat on a Marine Corps base, because every Marine Corps base has mats. Mm-hmm. And we're rolling. None of us are technical. None of right. We know what the Marine Corps taught us, which was very basic. <laughs> right. You know, and, and so then one day I walked into a Gracie Baja and I wanted to try it. Cool. And when I did, well, I actually first, let me back that up a little bit. I went and fought in an MMA tournament because my buddy told me I could do it. Oh, my goodness. He's like, dude, you got he goes, this. so what, you're 30 years old, you can do this? <laughs> so I go, it's just amateur fight. You know, it's, it was, uh, I had, um, I went in there and I fought and I, I did pretty well. You know, I ended up losing one and then uh, one, one. Uh, so I had a couple fights that day, and I won one, lost one. Uh, but I was pretty happy with my performance, but I realized I had a lot to learn. Mm-hmm. I was like, holy crap, this is harder than it looks. Right. So I started training jiu-jitsu, and I was a black belt in the Marine Corps martial arts program. Okay. Which, a black belt in the Marine Corps martial arts program is a starting point to various different martial arts. I'm with you. Okay. You know, it just combines a bunch of different martial arts. And then it has, like, the, you have the ethos from the Apache warriors and the Spartans and you know all this ethos and mindset that we teach of, mm-hmm. of fighting and combat because um, it's designed more around incapacitating an opponent and moving to the next mm-hmm. versus you know grappling for five minutes and, right you know yeah the, the, um, the consequences are a little different a little different right <laughs> you know like we incorporate knife fighting to it and all that right. stuff. but it got me into jiu-jitsu and, and, and MMA and so I started doing Muay Thai um, so I was training Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and Muay Thai at the same time okay. and MMA. All of it. I was doing, I would get off work or I'd go at lunchtime and I'd train Jiu-Jitsu and then I'd come after work and I would uh, do some some uh, like MMA cardio for an hour and then I would do Muay Thai for an hour and then I'd do MMA for an hour. Wow. Then I'd go home and go to bed. Okay. And I did that for three or four years. Okay. And then I realized if I don't stop, yeah. I'm gonna get kicked out of the military because I have some. I keep injuring myself. Right. Um, you know, and so I stopped, but I stuck with jujitsu. Okay. Because it was kind of the least violent on my body yes. of all of them. Well, at the same time, it could have been 
can, very can be, but yeah. it's but it's also something you can do. Um, you can do well into your late years. Sure. Yeah, we've got Kenny here who started training with us last year, 63, 64 yeah. now. And, I mean, even as you're feeling now and I'm feeling in, uh, in your 40s, you're going to train different than when we were 20, 30. Yeah, and I'm exactly sure when we get to our 50s, we'll feel that and 60s yeah. and so on and so forth. But you can keep training. You can keep yeah. rolling. You can still spar even. Um, so that to me, that's the big thing about jujitsu. There's other parts of it, but um, it's something that we can do. You know, playing basketball as much as I loved it, that's hard to do even at our age now yeah. to go play some pickup five on five at the at the Y. Your hips and knees. There are guys that play in, later in life, but it's, it's a little tougher. Yeah. You know. So. Well, you know, I mean, in jujitsu, we set goals for ourselves, like a white belt goal. He might he might say, yeah, I want to be a black belt one day. But his initial goal might be, you know, you first it's that first stripe, and then it becomes that blue belt, mm-hmm. and then it becomes oh, I got to get my purple belt, and then you want that brown belt, and then you want the black belt. Um, my actual goal, so I mean, I am a black belt. I reached that goal um, last year. I got my first degree. My goal is my fourth degree. Okay. That's just my next goal. Okay. That's cool. not my end goal. That's right. just my it's next, your goal. next goal. The reason my fourth degree is my next goal because that means I'll be doing jujitsu at the age of sixty. I got you. I was going to ask it. And so for people listening, and um, I might not have them all right, so you could help me. But for people listening, so time is not, uh, until you get your black belt, time, I shouldn't say should not be considered, but it's it should be mostly on, and every professor, every school is different. There is some, we call them belt factories or whatever, you know, you show up, you do a certain amount of classes and you get a stripe and then you get a belt and skill level is not a part of it. But I know here, Lionel, skill um, is a part of it, especially as you advance more, as long as, as the, the colors change on your belt. But for people listening, once you get to your black belt, it's like, okay, you can't, um, it, skill is still important, but it's based on time as you get your stripes. Active time. Active time. That's right. Act, yeah, you can get a black belt and then hang out for 10 years and never go to a school. That doesn't count. Right. Active time. And uh, what is it? The first couple are three years. Right? So your first stripe is three years. Your second stripe is three years. Your third stripe is another three years. And then your fourth stripe, I believe, is five years. Yes. So, so, that, so, okay. so that's why. That's interesting. So that's based on that means you're still training at the age of sixty. So that's a that's that's a cool way to look at it, and that's a it's a life goal almost. Yeah. Well, again, like I said earlier, this for my mental state mm-hmm. is something I need. This is my therapist. Mm-hmm. Jiu-jitsu is my therapist. I don't need to spend thousands of dollars a year to go see some <laughs> therapist who's going to tell me I'm jacked up. I already know that. You know, right. I'll just come to the mat yes. and get it out of the mat and then go about my day. Plus, training in the morning, like we, you touched on earlier. I start my morning with a workout. I go home, I take a shower, I'm ready for the day. Right. You know, and I feel good. So healthy. Um, and it, also for me, that morning workout is important for me because I start my morning with a workout. I can't come at lunch because I live 30 minutes away mm-hmm. and I have to work. Mm-hmm. So I can't come in for the lunchtime class. And then I don't come at nighttime. I'm a family man. Right. Now, I do come at nighttime. At, at five in the evening for the kids class mm-hmm. because my daughter's recently started doing it and you know I, I love the fact that I get to help coach and be a part of teaching and mentoring children yeah coming up in the art um at children are a different animal when it comes to teaching them they're it, they're they're kids you got to remember that they're kids yeah so they want to play their attention spans are only so long 
I'm so, so, I'm so excited. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a fairly new father. I've got two little babies, a two-and-a-half-year-old and a 10-month-old. But I watch you guys. You know, a few weeks ago, you were here, open mat with your daughters, just yeah. working on things. And, and I watch because I'm like, okay, what works, what doesn't work? It's the only thing I'm going to force my daughters to do. I'm not going to force yeah. them to do anything in life. They will do something. But uh, if they want to play basketball or ride a skateboard or play the flute, I don't care. Yeah. And I'm not going to force them to play soccer or anything. But the one thing I will force for a little while yeah. is they will come to jujitsu and wrestling. Certainly make sure it's the same, the, the right age for them, though. I mean, not every child develops into that at the right age. Mm -hmm. um, and if you're talking about it to them while they're young and you kind of play with them while they're young, they might get interested in it at an earlier age. Um, my daughter did not get interested in it. She thought it, she was going to be getting punched in the face and all that. She's like, Daddy, I don't want to get hit. And I kept going, baby, you're not going to get hit. How old are your two little ones? So two, my one little one. One little one. Okay. She's nine. Who else? She there, was another, there was another... That's my daughter's best friend. Okay, okay. She okay. wanted to try it, so my daughter goes, fine, I'll try it once. And then my daughter came in and tried it one time. I was okay. Like, Daddy, I love it. Let's go back. Okay. And then I brought her in on a Saturday when it's just me and her. Uh-huh. And she's like, Dad, I want to go every Saturday. Okay. And she's her, her interest. And, in, you know, you see a lot of the kids want to play, and they want to have fun, and they want to – and we make it fun for the kids. Yes. Because their attention spans are short. They're kids. Yeah. You can't forget their kids. Um, and so – She's what? You said nine? Nine. Nine. Okay. She's serious, though. She sits on that she wall. She's just watching. She's always watching. That's so cool. Instead of screwing off, other kids will kind of screw off and try to get her to play, and she'll kind of, like – Push them all aside. Stop, stop. Learn it. Watch. And, and I just, her interest in it has really changed my mindset about jujitsu because it's no longer about me. Right. It's all about my kid. That's cool. I still have to get my gains. I still have to grow in jujitsu myself because I have to be an example for my daughter, mm -hmm. which means my daughter's talking about competing. She goes, Daddy, maybe in a year I want to compete. Well, now I have to compete. Ah, yeah. And this is what I think. Right, right. I'm like, oh, great, now i got to compete. Because <laughs> I need her to see me do it. Uh -huh. I need her to understand. I need to lead from the front and teach my daughter. That's so cool. You know, yeah. from the, the you know, as, as her coach, as her dad, as, as a mentor, as, you know, as her professor, as, you know, I mean, I need to lead by example. That's nice. And, and so, you know, being a father... And having jujitsu and having that family and trying to stabilize the two and manage the two, I mean, for me, best worked out in the morning. Mm. You know, and then at nighttime, it's all about my kid. That's cool. That's cool. It's something that you, you can do individually. She can come and do, you can come and do, and something you can also do together. Yeah. You know, it's so nice to see yeah. uh, families and, and the culture here. There's a lot of that, actually. Yeah, you see uh, a lot of parents here. Yeah. So a lot of parents come in initially for the child. And then they get And hooked. then they kind of go, huh, <laughs> their class, there's an adult class right after this one. They have a study room right here for the kids mm -hmm. to do their homework in while the adults train. Yeah. And it's only an hour-long class, and the adult can learn and get a good workout. Yeah. Now, I've seen 350-pound men come in and start jiu-jitsu, mm -hmm. and within a year, we're 180. Yeah. yeah you know, it's... 200 pounds, 180. And they've had this complete life transmi tra transformation and they've gotten themselves in shape and they're enjoying life and jujitsu and you know, all of a sudden, you know, the guy gets a girlfriend or the girl gets a boyfriend and, and they just they get this smile on their face and uh, you know, work starts going really well, they become happy. Mm -hmm. I've I've seen so many people find themselves on this mat. Mm -hmm. My daughter, when when she started a couple months ago, two months ago, she had no confidence in terms of she was very shy and very timid. Okay. Last week, 
a little boy, so we had some friends come from California to, to visit, and she had practice, so they came and watched her. And then a little boy called her out in the backyard. No joke. My daughter literally looked at him and goes, come on. And got in her stance, and I just went, yeah. I, I went out and stopped. I go, oh, we're not going to be no bully now. Right, right, right. But, you know, I was very proud of her because she had courage. I just need her to continue on with jiu-jitsu, <laughs> learn a little bit more, no, so she doesn't lose faith in the art. Right. I need her to understand it. Yes. Before she really, you know, and I'm hoping that those incidents in life don't come until later, until she right. really gets that understanding. Yeah. But but you're right. The confidence is is a big part of it, and you know, even as grown men, uh, I was talking. I, I talk about this a lot because, um, you know, you and I could go out to lunch right now. We could go out and have a few beers or whatever we do, and uh, I absolutely hate uh, violence and fighting, but. Typically, and I'm a small guy, I'm, you know, one of the, I always say this, I train at noon typically here, and I'm usually the, uh, the smallest guy in class, you know, I'm six feet, 170 pounds uh, oops, anymore, but I'm not a tiny guy, yeah. I'm not a big guy by any means, but when I walk into a place, I feel confident that, um, God forbid, something were to go down or happen, unless there's someone else here that also trains um, on a pretty good level that... Uh, I just that that weird confidence like I'm never looking for a fight by any means but I don't even walk around thinking about it because it doesn't concern me because I know that I could at least protect myself at a pretty good level you know it's this confidence that even as a grown man I carry around because I know that I can protect myself and so I think that's very important for um, for women for for kids and and for guys like us grown ass men you know It's uh, it's a big part of it, the martial art. The I talk about this a lot. The lifestyle. It's for yeah. for some people they just come to jujitsu and there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Uh, and they just come to jujitsu twice a week and they leave and then that's it. Yeah. For that's a lot what of I was us, saying, it's different for everybody. For everyone, jujitsu is different for everybody. For some of us, it's more of the lifestyle. This yeah. is what we do. These are the friends we hang out with. This is what we watch on our free time. This is yeah. you know and 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 it's the art and how you treat people and how you act and and I think that's more natural the longer you train it. Just yeah. You you um, immerse yourself in it. It's just a natural evolution, you know. For me, this has been a lifelong thing, though. You know, for me, grappling, fighting, war, the combat mindset has been a lifelong thing, you know. Mm-hmm. So this is one element of my day, right. right? So we have this thing we talk about in the Marine Corps. It's called the spectrum of violence. Mm-hmm. The spectrum of violence starts 1,500 meters out. Okay. That's long-range shooting, right? <clears throat> it starts from there to up close and personal. Mm-hmm. And you have to be, you don't have to be the best at every single thing, but you have to be uh, well-versed in a little bit of all of it. Okay. Like MMA, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you need to be well-versed in a little bit of all of it because if you don't know how to knife fight mm-hmm. and somebody comes at you with a knife, I mean, <laughs> first and foremost, somebody comes at me with a knife, I'm probably going to run. Right. Unless I have no choice but to stand and protect right. people, right. myself, my family, you know, then I'm going to knife fight. But having that ability and knowing some technique, you know, a lot of people don't realize that you grab a knife and people get fixated on that knife. They're staring at that knife in your hand. Well, you have the upper hand. If all I'm doing is staring at your hand, you guys remember you have tools. If I, you know, I've got, a, I've got that front teeth. I can kick you. I can punch you. You know, I mean, obviously I need to be cognizant of the knife in your hand, but I can come at you from different angles and hopefully deter you from wanting to fight anymore right. or get the knife away from you. Uh, hopefully I can hurt you in a way that you drop the knife or you just like, oh, screw it, I'm out. I'm out, yeah. You Good know, idea. Um, 
if I have a gun, absolutely, I'm right. pulling that out. Right. You know, and, and if you, you know, for me, I always carry. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm that type of guy. You know, I have a concealed carry, and I carry everywhere I go. Um, I'm comfortable on the ground. I'm comfortable with a weapon. I'm comfortable with a knife. I'm comfortable with, and I'm not good at any of them. But some, some may argue that, but well, yeah, it's all relative. Yeah. In, in my yeah. mind, I'm not yeah. where I want to be, but I practice right. them. Right. You know, I live in the country. I've got a shooting range in my backyard. Oh, cool. I'm out in the yeah. back and I'm shooting. Yeah. You know, and I'm moving and shooting. I'm not just right. standing there stationary and shooting. Right, because that's I'm, practical. I'm moving. Right. <laughs> so, so here's one thing that we like to do. We, uh, we will take the guys and go on a one-mile run, one-mile jump, full gear. Get the heart rate up. Right, get the heart rate up. Right before we get to the range, we hit the pit. The pit is where you fight. Get them grappling for a few minutes. And then get them up, and yeah, they have their weapons. Obviously, they're not going to grapple with their weapons right, on right. them because they're loading safety, all that stuff. And right. safety is always paramount. So then you get up, and you move over to the, to the shooting range. You get your weapon, and you start engaging. We have a pistol, and you have a rifle. And you start at about 100 yards or you know 75 yards, and you start moving towards the target. You have to decide. At what, you have X amount of bullets, right? X amount of rounds in each your rifle and your pistol. You have to decide which level as we say fire you know shoot right. engage engage the target as they come up to engage the target you have to decide which weapon you want to transition to right. now if i run out of long range and i'm still long range you're screwed it's harder to shoot long range <laughs> with a pistol yeah so you have to you have to maintain those in your mindset now you're tired mm-hmm. you're winded you're out of breath and you're moving try shooting and moving it's it's not as easy as Chest it looks. Is pumping, your brain's moving around, everything is going on. Exactly, but yeah. with practice, you get that. Yeah. Same thing with jujitsu. Yes, you get this new white belt who comes onto the mat, oh, and he's tight. he's yeah. it's all strength. Right. He doesn't know what he's doing, and he's a spaz. He's gassed out after three minutes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But then, and he knows nothing. Right, he doesn't know how to sweep. He doesn't know how to pull guard. He doesn't know how to do any of the basic. He doesn't even know where to grip your collars or your right. sleeve or. Um, and then you see him a year later when he practices every day. He becomes very proficient. He may not be at that black belt level. He may not be really good, but he's good enough for outside the, on the That's street. Right. That's right. The same thing with shooting and moving and all that stuff. You practice it. So the, the spectrum of violence is huge. And you need to practice all of those areas, whether it's standing, um, you know, Muay Thai, boxing, um, jiu-jitsu, judo, uh, shooting, long range shooting, close range shooting, shooting and moving, um, and if you incorporate um, exercises in there to get you tired, right, and then do it, yeah, because now you got to think. So now you've covered the entire spectrum. Yeah, the spectrum of violence. What's it like? So training here, there's a few uh, guys like you. Uh, for one, our school is new. Lionel just opened up last year, so there's a few guys that you train with regularly here in the mornings, particularly uh, that are. High level, right? So you guys are black belts, but they all were promoted somewhere else, just like mm-hmm. you. They they trained under different people, so there's a gamut of um, skill, not skill level, but um, you all, even though even though you're black belt, you're learning a different uh, way, if you will. Everyone's got their own style, mm-hmm. their own techniques, their own way of training. Yeah. How's that? How's that been? You know, having um, it's, I mean, I think it's got to be beneficial, but it's also got to be fun. To be high level, but still learning new things. Uh, well, that's first of all in jujitsu, you never stop learning. Mm-hmm. Every single day, I'm in here on the mat with Lionel. He does something, says something, or shows something, and I'm like, 
<laughs> 15, 16 years doing this, I've never seen that. You know, yeah. nobody's ever shown me that way. I mean, while I know the diamond concept mm -hmm. coming up in jujitsu, you know, I know I know how to defend and use my shield and, and paddle and all that. Uh, nobody ever explained it as a diamond concept to me. And nobody ever harped on it the way we do here. Mm -hmm. And so I've had to really incorporate that in my game in a different way. That's cool. Because the way I defended before and the way I defend now are different. Mm -hmm. So what, what I really like about having these guys that are different skill levels in here that come from different schools is they bring a different game. And so now that I've gotten to know them and I've gotten to feel their game and I understand how they roll, for me, those high-level guys, I like to let them put me in trouble mm -hmm. so I can fight out of it. We have one guy who's really good heavy top guy, mm -hmm. and I practice my diamond on him. That's it. When I roll with him, I practice my diamond, try to work to a sweep mm -hmm. because he's so heavy. He's got such heavy top pressure um, that I really enjoy the way he makes me work because he's making my, my diamond good. He's making my, my shield, my force field really good. Um, and, and I can't give nothing but praise to that guy because his top game is good. And before I started working on this with him, he could smash me. Right. And if he smashed me, I felt it. Mm -hmm. Now he has a hard time getting in uh, and passing my guard because I've been working strictly with him. Every time I go with him, we slap, bump hands. We always try to fight for the takedown. Right. So he was going because he's got some pretty good judo, and, uh -huh. and I've got a little judo too. Um, and I've also got wrestling. Right. And so we always fight for the takedown, but um, you know, generally I like to end up on my back with him because I like to practice that and work to my sweeps because yeah, he's so hard to sweep. Yeah. So if I get the sweep, that means I'm doing it right. And that's what's fun. You can work different things, you know, uh, and then the very next round, you're with another guy who's maybe more of a bottom player. He's yeah. uh, maybe more built like me, slender, uh, longer, whatever you want to say. And so then you're working on something totally different. You get to work on your top yeah. game or you're working on a certain position. That it's it's uh, yeah. so much fun. We got know? one guy who's, you know, he's black belt. He's good with leg locks. I'm mm. good with leg locks. Mm. But most people, uh, most of the leg locks don't come into play until you brown belt them up, mm -hmm. right? So a lot of a lot of people kind of pass that up. Mm -hmm. But it's something you should know, right? You know, so when when I get the the purple belts and I roll with the purple belts, I tell them I'll start going for their legs and I tell them you're a purple belt. Mm -hmm. Don't ever use this on anybody else outside of brown belt and above. Be cognizant. But you need to start understanding this game. So when you play with me, when we train, you can work these. Right. I tell them that. And I go for their legs. I go for their ankles. I, so you know, I go for their knees. Um, and I do those things that are in here with them as they're developing yes. to teach them. Uh, you know, there's a lot of schools that aren't leg lock schools. That are, that are, I learned it because we had a few folks who came from other schools over the years who were leg lockers. Mm -hmm. And I realized because I was a competitor, especially at Brown Belt, I was... I competed in the Worlds and Pan Ams, you know, multiple times. Okay. Um, and you have to be ready for that. Yeah. Because them guys come It's a part for of that. it. You know, Dandy here's, uh, John Dandy here's famous quote is, you know, uh, I don't know word for word, but, you know, he said that uh, a lot of jujitsu players ignore 50% of the body. Yeah. You know, our legs are half of our body and there's so many jujitsu schools that don't uh, pay any attention to it. And it's like, hey, there's, and now you look at, what he's done, you know. Yeah. He's moving to Puerto Rico. Did you see that? Yeah, I saw yeah. that. I did. Um, so, what is there? What could for people listening that are part of our school that 
trained here or just trained anywhere, I would say, jujitsu players, if you will, or students of jujitsu. And for people listening who uh, maybe are considering jujitsu or just getting interested through the podcast, whatever, is there anything, and it might be the same information you'd want to share, but is there anything in particular you'd like to share with both of those groups, uh, whether it's the same or different in particular? Uh, in terms of jujitsu, just don't quit. Yeah. I mean, when it's, it's hard for everybody when you start. Everybody starts at white belt. Mm-hmm. Nobody started at a black belt. You know, I mean, even if you had another background, you come in as a black belt in judo, you come in as a, you know, just a, a skilled wrestler, um, if you had a sambo background, or, I mean, there's, there's many different styles out there that incorporate the ground. Mm-hmm. But when you come in, there's gonna be various levels of white belt, mm-hmm. depending on what your background is. But don't quit, don't quit, because you're gonna get better. Everybody, <laughs> Steve, uh, Steve Hargett told me one day this thing, and I really love to say, he goes, some days you're the hammer, and some days you're the nail. Yes. You know, and it's, I, I really believe that. I think it's a, I think it's a great analogy. And I think, you know, as a white belt, you're, you're a nail. Yeah. Everybody's, everybody's going to get you, but you got to remember after six months of being the nail, somebody else is going to start right where you did their first day. And now you're going to be the hammer, (laughs) but then your skill set is going to start getting good. And you're going to start giving these blue belts a hard time. Mm -hmm. And you're going to see that. You're going to realize that you're going to feel that your confidence level is going to spike. Just don't quit. You see a lot of guys get that blue belt and they go, oh, yeah. I made it. I'm not a white belt. And then they kind of walk away from jiu-jitsu. So much. Yeah. That happens so much. That is the belt yeah. I see it the most. Where most people quit. Yeah. They get the blue the belt. belt and then they're, they're out. Yeah. Most of the guys I see get a purple belt, you know, continue on, get their brown belt. Sometimes life gets in the way. Uh, mm. And I understand that. Life does get in the way. I mean, it's gotten in the way for me. Right. Um, but if you can just find a way... Whether it's 6 a.m., get up just a little bit earlier and start your day with a workout. Mm-hmm. It'll become a habit. Mm-hmm. But you need to make jujitsu the habit. Mm-hmm. Because it's gonna give you it's gonna give you so much confidence. It's gonna it's gonna be, you know, it's gonna be your therapist. This is how I kinda I, I explained it for me. Jujitsu's my therapist. Jujitsu's my friend. Jujitsu's my mentor. Um, and and Lionel is all of these things. Yes. It's my pastor on the mat, you know, this is my, you know, I find, uh, for me, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian and coming in here and meeting some of the other folks on the mat who are Christian and finding that camaraderie, you know, through Christ on the mat, when you wouldn't necessarily think you'd find it there, Mm -hmm. you know, but you do, you find everything there. You know, I I meet other military guys just like me Mm -hmm. who have the same issues as me inside. Mm -hmm on the mat. I find law enforcement and first responders who have feelings just like me on the mat. And regular people too who have just your normal nine to five jobs who never did the things that we did. Um, but they're just like us. They're, nobody, they're not different. We're all the same on the mat. That's right. Yeah. You know, we're all the same on the mat. I mean, in the friendships you make out of it. Those friendships are, that was all I had when I lived in Northern California. My friendships from jujitsu. You know, and, and living down here, I'm not near my Marine Corps buddies. I have one buddy that lives here in town, that lives in, in Flower Mound, mm-hmm. who was in Iraq with me. Okay. One. Wow. You know, and him and I hang out a lot. Right. You know, and he's got his son into jiu-jitsu. I mean, okay. he hears me talking about it all the all time. Right. He's got his son on it, and now he's thinking about doing yeah, it. Yeah, you know, so and, cool. And, um, 
I think just sometimes we got to put our ego aside. He's a pretty tough dude. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, sometimes we got to put our ego aside and just... To be reminded, right? <laughs> just expect to get beat on the mat. Right. You're gonna. It doesn't matter what your belt level is. It's one of the few places nowadays, that's what I tell everyone, you walk through these doors and you come in here, um, it's one of the few places that's, that is genuinely your politics, no one gives a crap. No. Um, we can talk about it after. We can talk about it before. But once you're on the mat, your religion, yeah. it's cool. It's cool when you meet people that you have a commonality with. Yes. But the only one that matters when you're here yeah. is jujitsu. And it's rare. It's rare nowadays. Yeah. Um, you know, no matter what your walk of life is, I see it here. In the, I mean, I see friends here. Teammates here that I know have vastly different views in politics. Yeah, I see them. I watch them on social media, or I have conversations with them. But then when they train, they're the best training partners. They're yeah. great because they just want to make each other better. Yeah, and uh, that's what that's another thing that I love. You know, and it's healthy because unfortunately, politics or religion or just differences have invaded so much of our lives that there's not a lot of places you can go and all of that be secondary right to jujitsu. You know, and this the way things are going right now, and I'm not getting into politics. Right. The way things are going right now with all the violence in the streets and all the things, you need something. Yes. You yeah. need to understand something. <laughs> you know, I mean if I was in the middle of one of these riots in downtown wherever, the last thing I want to do is go to the ground. Right. But jujitsu has made me smart enough to know when I need to walk away mm -hmm. and smart enough to know and I need to go hands on. That's right. You know, and, and of course, jujitsu would be a last resort. Yeah. But it's definitely something you can resort to. You know, so it's important to learn these things and and have that level to protect yourself. I'll, I'll tell you this. So when I got out of the military, this is an interesting story. When I got out of the military, I got my first civilian job. Okay. And we had a company retreat. Um, I don't remember what it was. Uh, up in Lake Tahoe, I think it was. And they had the whole company up there for a week working. And I remember we're sitting in a bar and we're having some beers and I'm with my new team of guys, you know, and, and I'm just, I'm just an average ordinary, I'm not a manager, I'm, not, I'm just one of the right. workers, right? And so I'm sitting there and one of the guys look at me and he, and he goes, you do jujitsu? And I go, yeah, yeah, I do jujitsu because they see marks on my face and uh -huh. stuff on the mat, I get mat burn on my face. Right. So I, I show up and I have mat burn on my face and they're like, what's that? I go, oh, this is mat burn from jujitsu. They're like, what's that? <laughs> Grappling, it's you know, kind of like wrestling and, you know, like choke each other out. And I'm trying to explain it to him. And, and one of the guys goes, you were in the Marines for 20 years? I'm like, yeah, I was in the Marines for 20 years. And I can see the, the guy's kind of timid. And, right. and he goes, show me one of those chokes. Do they really work? And he's wearing a collared shirt. I right. just slap on a collared choke. <laughs> and he just instantly, his eyes got huge. And he's like, he didn't know to tap. I didn't say to tap. Right, right. You know, I just instantly choked Did him. It. And he just... Oh, you know, and then, and then I let him go. I go, hey, man, I got to do this tap. Right. He, goes, he goes, it freaked him out that I knew how to do this stuff. He goes, man, he goes, I wish I had done what you did. <laughs> and I'm looking at this kid, and he's very well off in life, and he's yeah. got the skill set that I want but don't have uh -huh. in technology. And, and, and I go, man, I wish I had done what you did. He goes, yeah, but if we were downtown and somebody tried to harm my wife, I couldn't protect her. Oh, wow. Yeah. It blew me away. Yeah. I can I couldn't understand how a person could even think that. Right, right. It's but he said it. Life. Wow. You know, yeah. and it blew me away, and so that's why I was like, you need to train jujitsu. Yeah, hopefully, you hopefully, need to get that... into a gym. You know, find something whether it's jujitsu or Muay Thai or 
or boxing or yes. you know just find something yes. that piques your interest and get in there it will change your life forever because the confidence you will get mm-hmm. just the confidence piece alone for sure what uh, before we wrap up here I guess you mentioned I know when you were in the military you moved are you pretty can we are we gonna have you around here you hear this home now this, this is, is it I'm okay home. all right this cool. is it I'm home yeah I've, I've wondered that before and I just wasn't I wasn't certain so uh, that's that's cool yeah. I bought a house here and I settled my family here, okay. and that was my last move. Okay, cool. Uh, I don't want to move anywhere. Um, finding Lionel and finding Six Blades Jiu-Jitsu, um, this is my my home gym. You know, I don't have any interest in opening my own gym. I don't have any interest in going anywhere else. Uh, having Leo and having this gym means so much to me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, this is this is my home. Cool. You know, so I have no intention of going anywhere. My only intention is just to continue to grow with this. Leo is by far one of the best instructors I've ever had. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm sorry if some of my other instructors hear me say that, but it's okay. it doesn't it's mean true. that they're it doesn't mean that they're not good. No, they're There's good. Just, they're just levels to this. Yeah, the way he reaches out to me. Yes, it's the way he can reach out to me. The way the way he teaches me. The he has this style of teaching that is just so calm and so peaceful and yet so effective i mean he sees everything i'm doing he knows how to handle it he's he's so well versed in so many things in life i mean the guy's got a lot of life experience you know he um understands the body the human body and and you know the physics of it and and when i came in injured he looked at me and he goes i know how to train you and he knew how to train me with this injury and get me Got re-engaged yeah. and get me back into it. Um, and he brought so much more than that. So, I mean, he's not just my, my sensei. He's not just my, my coach. He's my friend. Right. You know, and, and he's, he's opened his, his heart and his school to everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, and I love how, I love the vibe here. Mm-hmm. You know, the vibe is I can come in, I can train. I've never seen Eagle on the mat. Mm-hmm. I've been t- tapped by lower belts here. Mm-hmm. I have not seen one of them get up and go, yeah, yeah I got yeah. a black belt today, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's ego. That's you know, yeah. most of them are like, really, I got you? I'm like, yeah, you got me. Right. They're like, bro, you gave me that. Like, no, you didn't. You took that. You earned it, yeah. You, you got that. That's cool. You know, and so that there's there's no ego here. Mm-hmm. And having great leadership yes. from the top down That's right. is what I love so much about this. So, no, I'm not going anywhere. Cool. cool. Well, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for the time. Is there anything in particular that you you, you care to share or leave with everyone uh, as we wrap up? I just look forward to training with everybody on the mat. You know, everybody in this gym makes me better. Mm -hmm. From the white belt on up. You know, I I get a lot of white belts, and a lot of times guys just look at your belt, Mm -hmm. and they go, I'm going to get smashed today. Mm -hmm. You know, and um, I learn stuff from everybody sometimes I see a white belt make a mistake but it's a beautiful mistake yeah. you know and, and you're like wow that little movement right there just tweaked that to you know it, and it's it's amazing because it happens right you know and sometimes every day Leonel shows something and I'm just like oh mind blown I've that little detail right there all these years I've been doing it I've never done that mm-hmm. you know but that he has all these little details he shares every day and that's the neat thing about jiu-jitsu you can learn an arm bar at white belt you learn a different way to do that armbar at blue belt, in a different way at purple belt, in a different way at brown belt, in a different way at every level of black belt. So uh, you just you, you just have to hang in there 
you have to stick with it. You're gonna see things as time goes and progresses, and you have to have an open mind because everybody can teach everybody. So that's really what I, I wanna leave with you is just awesome. everybody has something to teach. Awesome, thanks so much, man, I appreciate it. And uh, I look forward to hopefully getting to roll with you more. I, I yeah. haven't and get to learn from you and uh, thanks so much and thanks for what you do here. Uh, I'm glad to hear you say that this is your home jam and this is where you wanna be because um, you fit perfect with Lionel, and, and uh, that's what, you know, like you said, it starts at the top, if you want to call it the top, because you guys are the black belts, and uh, I really appreciate it. So, oh, thank, thank you. you. All right, brother.